Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm Lori Johnson. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about a very important subject, cardiovascular disease, which is America's number one killer. My guest is cardiologist Dr. Luke Laffin, who's the co-director of the Center for Blood Pressure Disorders in the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much, Dr. Laffin, for joining us today. It's great to see you. We appreciate your time. It's wonderful to speak with you today. So cardiovascular disease is America's number one killer. How, how common is this? How, how many people die per day, per, 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 uh, per second even? Well, um, I don't necessarily know if I can give you a per second number, but we know that cardiovascular disease is the leading killer of Americans, um, and that hasn't changed over many years. Um, the, the important thing to know about cardiovascular disease is that for you know, the past couple of decades, we've been doing pretty well um, with modern medicine, at least getting the message out there about knowing your risk factors. And so the rates of cardiovascular disease have been decreasing. However, probably over about the past five years or so, we've seen that uh, decreasing incidence of cardiovascular disease actually plateau. You know, people are heavier, they're not exercising as much. Um, obviously, you throw in the COVID-19 pandemic in there. Um, and so we haven't seen that continued trend to improve uh, towards improved cardiovascular health amongst Americans. So when we talk about cardiovascular disease, what are we talking about? Uh, heart attacks, strokes, what else? Yeah, so those are the main ones. When people use the term cardiovascular disease, they're oftentimes talking about what we call atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. And what that means is it's plaque buildup within the arteries of the body. And so it can be the coronary arteries, which supply the heart muscle, but it really can go head to toe. You know, if you have plaque buildup in an artery um, in the brain, that can cause a stroke. If you have it in the legs, it can cause something called peripheral arterial disease. So that's the most common way that we use that term. But really cardiovascular disease in general encompasses all kinds of other issues as well with the heart, including any heart rhythm issues, um, uh, valvular or, or pumping uh, function issues with the heart, sometimes referred to as heart failure. Um, so it's an umbrella term, but the most common, uh, common use of it is in terms of plaque buildup um, within the arteries themselves. Is it true that about 80% of cardiovascular deaths are due to lifestyle choices, things that we do, which would indicate that this is such a highly preventable disease? Um, I think you're right on there. Um, you know, when we look at the data, you know, three quarters of, of risk factors um, can be uh, greatly modified with uh, making the right dietary choices, exercising, et cetera. Now, obviously, you know, people with a strong family history, there, there's definitely a genetic component um, in those individuals. Um, but we can do a lot to lessen risk. The Cleveland Clinic recently did a survey and sort of cut to gauge what average people are thinking about cardiovascular issues. And there are a lot of misconceptions in the general public about cardiovascular health. Can you talk about some of the main ones? Yeah, so I mean, the, one of the big ones that uh, that I saw when we when we looked at the data uh, was the fact that when we think about weight and obesity um, and how do we actually improve that or lose weight, uh, the majority of Americans thought that exercise was the biggest thing that, that we could do to uh, to lose weight. Now, exercise is is important for overall cardiovascular health, but if you really want to get your weight down and, and become a healthy weight, the biggest thing that people need to do 
is modify their diet. Um, they both go hand in hand, um, but dietary factors play a major role. So that's number one. Um, number two is that um, there's not an insignificant percentage of Americans um, are, are not familiar with really heart healthy dietary patterns. And what we recommend at Cleveland Clinic and really what American Heart Association recommends for cardiovascular disease risk reduction when it comes to diet. Um, and, and they typically think, you know, low carb diet or low fat diet uh, are the things that we should aim for, when in fact, we really need a diet of moderation and more of a Mediterranean dietary pattern um, is what uh, these societies and us in Cleveland Clinic recommend. When you talk about the Mediterranean diet, a lot of people don't really know what that is. And people are like, hmm, pita bread, I love that. So bring it on. Is that what is the Mediterranean diet? So Mediterranean diet um, is a very well-studied diet. Um, and, and the reason we recommend it is really twofold. Number one, it's not, it's sustainable. So you know, someone can do this for a decade plus. It's not one of these flash in the pan diets that we do for six months or a year, really restrict things and then say, oh, forget about this, I, I can't do this. It's so you can, you can do it for a long time. But number two, it has the best data for actually reducing strokes and heart attacks. And there's large randomized clinical trials that, that show this. Um, when we think about Mediterranean diet, um, there's five major things that I really focus on when I uh, talk to patients about it. Number one, it's a diet of moderation. So there's nothing that you cannot have, but certain foods you need to avoid. Number two, you really want to avoid the processed and the ultra-processed foods, okay? Chips, crackers, pastries, lunch meats, those are the killers, and those need to be avoided and are not part of a Mediterranean dietary pattern. Number three is plenty of fruits and vegetables. So if you think about your plate as a pie chart, 60 to 70% of that should be fruits and vegetables. The other 30% can be your protein and your starch, so like a whole grain, for example. Um, most people, obviously, it's the, the opposite ratio. You got your little 25% side salad, and rest is meat and potato, for example. Um, point number four that I like to bring up is that protein sources in a Mediterranean dietary pattern are predominantly fish, nuts, and legumes, so beans. When we talk about fish, I'm, I'm not talking about shellfish. Those tend to be high in cholesterol but more things like salmon, tuna. Um, and then finally, plenty of extra virgin olive oil. Extra virgin olive oil has an anti-inflammatory component called oleic acid. And we know that some cardiovascular risk is driven by overall uh, or systemic inflammation within the body. So that can be helpful. So uh, when you talk about eating healthy, uh, what are some of the misconceptions about eating healthy? I mean, a lot of people know, yes, fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, staying away from the processed foods, but they don't do it. And a lot of people think that it's it's because they can't afford to do it. Is that is that a valid excuse? Um, unfortunately, to a certain extent, it is right. It is a lot uh, less expensive to go down the street to McDonald's and get a 99 cent cheeseburger. Like I am assuming that's what the price is nowadays. It, it used to be. Um, so, I mean, that can be a valid criticism. However, there are plenty of um, uh, fruits and vegetables out there that are not particularly expensive. Um, maybe a little bit more than that, that hamburger, but not that expensive for the vast majority of Americans um, that they can um, uh, institute those into their diet. Um, the issue becomes also a lot of Americans, and this was in our survey, um, suggested that you know they really don't have the time um, to prepare healthy meals. Um, and that's pretty common in my clinic. I see that as well. 
Um, and, and so it's just really making it a priority, just like someone has to make exercise a priority. Uh, you know, you really have to make it a priority to make those healthy dietary choices and take the time to prepare them um, rather than, you know, order off of uh, the latest app on your phone. You mentioned cholesterol. Uh, statin drugs are very controversial. Uh, some people say that, that that they're not necessary. Some people say that the that the uh, restrictions are too low. You know, the LDL, the the cholesterol numbers keep going down. Where where do you come down on statins? Um, so I would I would say that statins are not controversial at all when you actually look at medical. Not, uh, literature and the medical establishment. Um, they are. There's two reasons why cardiovascular disease has decreased over the past four decades. Okay. Number one is people are smoking less. Number two, statins. Um, it's not that people are doing more physical activity. It's not that they're losing weight. They're actually doing less. They're and they're gaining weight. Um, but there's a very clear role for statins in the prevention of um, well, secondary prevention of cardiovascular disease, which is people that have had a stroke or heart attack, but very clearly in the uh, primary prevention patients. So these are people without um, a history of personal history of a stroke or heart attack, but have risk factors such as high cholesterol, et cetera. Um, to your other point about, you know, is, is your LDL cholesterol too low? Um, that's been disproven in multiple studies that um, lower is better, lowest is best. Um, achieving that with statins or other add-on therapies um, in the appropriately selected individuals uh, prolongs life um, and prevents future strokes and heart attacks. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with Dr. Luke Laffin, cardiologist, and we're talking about ways to prevent cardiovascular disease. Stay with us. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Watch breaking news, in-depth exclusive stories and programs from health to entertainment. You won't find anywhere else the CBN News Channel, a perspective you can trust. Enjoy credible news reporting from around the world. Discover inspiring programs and stories of hope, all in one place from a Christian perspective. The CBN News Channel, a perspective you can trust. To watch the CBN News Channel, download the app or visit CBNNewsChannel.com. Life, it's meant to be lived fully. Jesus said it, I came to give you life. Life to the fullest. Life in your family. Life in your finances. Life in your body, mind, and spirit. Life in your every day. At CBN.com, we're taking what Jesus said seriously. We're here to help you discover life. Life. Live it fully. CBN.com.
Welcome back to Healthy Living, and we are continuing our discussion with cardiologist Dr. Luke Laffin of the Cleveland Clinic. And right before the break, we were talking about statins. A lot of people are, are concerned about taking a statin when their doctor recommends it because of some of the side effects that have been reported, like brain fog and leg cramps. What do you say to that? Well, um, it's not that they don't happen, but the incidence is quite rare. Um, if you look at the clinical trials, um, which are very rigorous in terms of documenting side effects, about 1% to 2% of people that take statins had some muscle aches and some joint aches. Um, in real life, um, the data varies, but it's anywhere between 1% and 5% are the numbers that I typically quote my patients. So you know, there is some people with true statin intolerance, but the vast majority um, of individuals can tolerate at least some dose of statin if they need to. Um, you know, some people have have um, reported that they have sort of a brain fog or, or not thinking as, as straight or as clearly. Um, that's less well established um, in terms of the data. Um, one thing that was an initial concern when statins were released was, you know, maybe was there an increased risk of dementia when taking them? That has been wholeheartedly disproven. Um, and actually, statins probably decrease a very common form of dementia, which is called vascular dementia. Um, when we talk about statins, it's important to understand that if one does, although it's rare, if one does have a side effect associated with statins and doesn't want to take them or needs additional cholesterol lowering, there's multiple other non-statin lipid lowering therapies available. What would some of those be right off the top of your head? Yeah, so one would be azetamide, which is a, a, a pill that you take and decreases cholesterol absorption in the gut. There are other injectable medicines that you can take. Um, that lower cholesterol um, by inhibiting um, something in the liver called PCSK9. And there's three different medications that really address that. Um, and then there's a, a relatively new medicine called bempidoic acid, which works in the same pathway as statins, but it's not metabolized by the muscle. Um, so people that have had muscle aches, joint aches, et cetera, um, get relief from that, but they still get the benefits of, of the statin mechanism. How effective is lowering your cholesterol through diet? Um, it plays a role, there's no question. Um, what I like to say typically, though, is cholesterol is about 70, 75% genetically determined, okay? So we can't change that number all that much. I mean, I see folks in my clinic all the time where maybe they're young women in their 20s and you know their dad, mom have high cholesterol, their LDL cholesterol is 170, 180, which is, is way too high. Um, and you know they don't weigh very much, they exercise regularly, they eat right. So there's definitely that component, but um, about 30% or so can be impacted by diet and exercise. Um, so that can definitely play a role. Are we still trying to stay away from things like eggs uh, because they, they supposedly contain too much cholesterol or has that changed? What type of a diet can help lower cholesterol? Um, eggs are a little bit of a controversial subject only because the data goes back and forth. Um, what we typically recommend is a diet of moderation. So anywhere between four and six eggs a week, the yolks, excuse me, are fine. Um, but anything more than that, that can raise cholesterol a little bit. Um, it comes back to this whole idea about just making overall healthy dietary choices, avoiding fast food, avoiding processed foods are going to be the ones that have the biggest impact, not only on cholesterol, but overall cardiovascular health. Because let's face it, cholesterol is just a number, right? We want to look at the entire picture. Um, and that's what really American Heart Association guidelines changed about a decade ago in saying we're not just treating the cholesterol number. We're treating or looking at overall cardiovascular risk um, and a, a variety of factors 
play a role in that, such as age, sex, race, presence or absence of things like smoking and diabetes. Well, I wanted to, to touch on that race uh, point. Uh, it, it looks like uh, people who are uh, people of color, African-Americans in particularly, are disproportionately affected by cardiovascular disease. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no, there's definitely um, a disproportionate um, uh, risk amongst individuals of African-American descent. Um, what we want to understand is that, um, you know, they, they sometimes have different risk factors than, say, a Caucasian population, for example. Um, you know, hypertension tends to, which is high blood pressure, tends to drive a lot of cardiovascular risk um, in the African-American community. But obviously, they also have um, strokes and heart attacks due to plaque buildup in the arteries as well. It's something that we need to be cognizant of and aggressive with our, with our therapies. Um, if you look at just general populations and calculating risk, um, African-Americans do have a higher risk um, on a per patient basis than say your typical um, Caucasian patient. What can we do to narrow that gap? Well, it's uh, a couple of things. One, we have to bring cardiovascular care to those communities, okay? And there's been multiple studies looking at this. Uh, there's a very famous study out of Los Angeles called the Barbershop Study, which did uh, screening for hypertension and, and blood pressure drug management within barbershops in Los Angeles. Um, and so bringing it into the community is, is really important. Um, and, and then making people aware of their numbers, right? Making aware of cholesterol, making aware of blood pressure and the uh, risks associated with that um, are the biggest things that we can do uh, to move the dial in terms of um, health disparities um, and, and even the playing field. Do very many people get their levels checked? You know, do people get their blood pressure checked? And if it's high, get on medication? I mean, isn't it pretty cheap, blood pressure medication? Yeah, blood pressure, blood pressure and cholesterol medicines, they're incredibly inexpensive, right? Um, most people should be seeing their primary care doctor and they should be checking that. Uh, blood pressure, definitely on an annual basis. Cholesterol, the guidelines vary between one and three years, um, how often we should check it. But in people at risk, should be checking it, you know, at least on a yearly basis. Um, and so uh, so there's there's definitely the tools out there. It's just getting people into care um, situations where, you know, they have follow-up associated with that as well um, and are able to act on these numbers. All right, we're going to take another break and be right back with Dr. Luke Laffin, cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic, talking about ways to prevent heart disease. Stay with us. Too often, we carry baggage from our past. You know what it's like. It affects everything and everyone in our lives. It's always there, weighing us down and keeping us from achieving true happiness. But do you know God never meant for us to be trapped in the past? You can be free of your baggage. Learn how God's forgiveness leads to changed lives and new beginnings. Call the 700 Club. I'm Ephraim Graham, and this is Studio 5. Cruise with me as I discover the good things happening in the world of music, sports, television, and movies. The fact that Ryan Coogler was going to be directing the film, I knew that something special was going to happen. We'll chat with artists at the forefront of entertainment and explore the connection between popular culture and faith. I asked my pastor, I said, well, does that mean I'm supposed to be a preacher? He says, well, no, you already have a pulpit. Wednesday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel. Takun Olam. This is our nature as a country. 
to make the world a better place. Literally, we felt the earth shaking. The Christian Broadcasting Network presents To Life, how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. This film needs to be seen by everyone. I was in tears. Now you can own the inspiring documentary To Life on DVD. There is blood on our hands if we know and we walk away. I'm so grateful that this film was made. To Life can be yours for a gift of $10 or more. Call 1-800-700-7000 or log on to CBN.com. We know that every minute counts to save life. It'll uh, bless Israel, but it'll also bless all the friends of Israel. Discover the untold story of how Israeli volunteers are making the world a better place. Call 1-800-700-7000 or log on to CBN.com to get your copy today. Welcome back to Healthy Living. We're talking with Cleveland Clinic cardiologist, Dr. Luke Laffin, about preventing cardiovascular disease. And Dr. Laffin, you know, a lot of young people don't think they're at risk and they don't know the signs. They're not really taking any precautions. How pervasive is cardiovascular disease among young people? Unfortunately, it's becoming more and more um, prevalent amongst young people. Um, and there's a few factors associated with that. One, um, some of the, the dietary patterns, um, particularly obesity in, in childhood, um, are, are really concerning. Um, and so that's number one. Um, and, you know, the other things are that people are less active, right? They're not doing as much physical activity, et cetera. Um, so those definitely contribute to increased cardiovascular risk. Always when we're young, we think we're invincible, right? And maybe we don't have insurance. Maybe we can't see the doctor. Maybe we just don't have the, you know, don't, don't think we need to see a primary care doctor or cardiologist for an assessment. Um, and that can prove, you know, deadly, unfortunately, in, in some circumstances where our risk factors are not controlled. Um, so it's important for, for young people to at least see a primary care doctor and get their cholesterol checked. Um, and that's increasingly true if they have a history of a family history of heart disease. So what are the symptoms of a heart attack? We obviously know chest pain, but a lot of people kind of stop there and don't know what other symptoms there might be, especially for women. Yes, women definitely can have more subtle symptoms compared to men. I will say still, men or women, the, the vast majority of folks that do have a heart attack, you're going to feel a, not necessarily a chest pain, but a chest pressure or a tightness is oftentimes described. Um, more shortness of breath, so difficulty when one exerts themselves um, is definitely an issue or a symptom that we look for. And then in women, even subtle things like a little bit of nausea or just a little bit of fatigue um, can be a tip-off that something's not right from a cardiovascular perspective and needs to be checked out. Other things that we think about, you know, you always hear about radiation to the, the arm or the jaw in terms of pain. Yeah, we can see that. That's really your sort of textbook case. Um, but they can be much more subtle. Um, and, and for women, I typically say also that that nausea or, or any type of gastrointestinal symptoms that just are lingering and not going away, um, you should at least think about maybe it's my heart. And how important is it to get to the doctor fast when you start finding these symptoms? Um, it's really important. I mean, heart is, uh, or time is muscle, really, when we think about that heart muscle. Because if someone does have an acute blockage of their artery, opening it up early um, has shown you know, very beneficial effects, prevents uh, scarring of the heart muscle, prevents heart failure, et cetera. Um, and we have metrics where if you come into the hospital with an acute heart attack, 
you should be in the um, heart catheterization lab within 90 minutes to get that artery open. Um, same is true of strokes. If you think you're having a stroke, you want to get into the hospital quickly so they can administer medicines or even in, in certain stroke centers actually do very similar catheterization procedures to open up arteries. All right, we're going to take one final break and be right back with Dr. Luke Laffin talking about preventing cardiovascular disease. Stay tuned. It's the new Superbook Bible app. It's packed with games, activities, and Superbook episodes that you can watch for free. There's trivia, a fun daily devotional, and answers to your Bible questions. Plus, an easy-to-understand Bible the whole family will enjoy. You can even create your own Superbook character. Ta-da! It's the new Superbook Bible app. Free downloads on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. On the home front. Thanks for joining us for CBN's On the Homefront, where we highlight what the men and women of America's military do to defend our country. CBN honors the men and women in our military with an initiative called Helping the Homefront. It partners with churches across the country to meet the needs of their military families, from repairing homes to wiping out medical bills for wounded veterans. Wednesday at 3 on the CBN News Channel. Get Protect Your Sleep and discover how to improve the quality of your life. A free DVD or booklet from the Christian Broadcasting Network. If you're not a great sleeper, you can do things to make yourself a great sleeper. If you're already a pretty good sleeper, you can enhance your sleep and be even better. Five leading experts help remove the obstacles between you and restorative sleep. When you don't get a restful night's sleep, you wake up with an accumulation of stress. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to CBN.com to get your free DVD or booklet today. Everything you do, you do better with a good night's sleep. You'll discover how food affects your sleep, how to put insomnia to rest, explore effective remedies for sleep apnea, and much more in Protect Your Sleep. Wake up to your best life and get Protect Your Sleep today. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to CBN.com to get your free DVD or booklet. Continuing our discussion with Dr. Luke Laffin, a cardiologist at Cleveland Clinic, about preventing cardiovascular disease. Uh, you said that diet is more important than exercise. How much exercise does a person need to stay heart healthy? Really what we aim for is a minimum of 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity. What that means is getting your heart rate up, okay? Um, and moderate intensity means you can carry on a conversation while you're doing it. So typically for most people, that's a brisk walk or a light jog. Um, and then once we get to that 150 minutes of aerobic physical activity, then adding in some resistance activities, like some light weights and some light bands. And typically the sweet spot for that about two to four times a week, 20 to 40 minutes at a time. All right, doctor, unfortunately, we're running low on time. Any final words on this subject? I, I think understanding your risk factor, family history, blood pressure, cholesterol, um, and, and aggressively treating those risk factors uh, is really important to prevent future strokes and heart attacks. And where can people find more information about this? So you can definitely find it on our website, the Cleveland Clinic's website. Um, and uh, we love to you know, see patients from all over the country in our preventive cardiology. So before or after they've had some type of cardiovascular event to really assess their risk um, and get them on the right path to healthy uh, living moving forward. 
And um, just one final question about COVID. You know, there's been so much talk about um, heart disease and heart risk associated with vaccines and then also with the, the virus itself. Can you sort of uh, clear that up? Um, so we know that the vast majority of people that take the vaccines um, are going to derive much more benefit from it, um, at least based on our prior data. Um, who knows with going forward, um, you know, vaccines on a yearly basis, how much that's going to impact the heart. Uh, time will tell more than anything else. Dr. Luke Laffin, cardiologist uh, and co-director at the Center for Blood Pressure Disorders in the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really important information. We appreciate your time. Great speaking with you today. Thank you. All right. And thanks to you for tuning into this edition of Healthy Living. I'm Lori Johnson, and we'll see you again next week.